ask me about yeah. jeans. Please, I grew up on jeans. Uh, From Rob Reiner. Pants, that's Comes a new comedy about a kid named... <laughs> no. The one thing that we cannot control in this life is who our parents are. You dealt the hand, you're stuck with it. You need new parents and you need them now. You got a lawyer? Let's get cracking. I rule in favor of the plaintiff. Yes! However, if he is not physically in the arms of either his new parents or his original parents by noon on Labor Day, he will be remanded to an orphanage. <laughs> Who are you? I'm North. See your name on maps. Very impressive. Now he's setting out across the globe in search of parents who are generous. Everything I own is the biggest and the best. That's why we'd like you to become our son. Have you ever been an Easter Bunny? Easter Bunny? Parents who will educate him. Tumafarahi sana umafik. I lived here. Not sure I get much homework done. Parents who will respect him. Our son, no! What is that? Parents who are warm. There you go, North. Our steak dish, Eskimo pie. Hey, it's you. Oh, it's not. Parents who have style. Give him the emperor cut. Parents who have taste. <laughs> <laughs> Parents who have old-fashioned values. Hang in there, kid. You'll find what you're looking for. But his real parents aren't taking this lying down. But I, I thought you looked familiar. Of course I look familiar. I'm almost famous. Elijah Wood, Dan Aykroyd, Reba McIntyre, Kathy Bates, Graham Greene, Alan Arkin, Kelly McGillis, Alexander Goodenough, John Lovitz, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis. What are you? Some kind of guardian angel? Easter Bunny. North. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I'm your host, Scott White. And before we get into the actual podcast, I am recording this. Just to let everybody know, for the first 10, 11 minutes of this podcast, I was trapped in a well. Actually trapped in a well, recording inside a well. And it sounds like I was recording inside a well. At about the 11-minute mark, guess who showed up? Lassie pulled me out of that well, pulled my computer out of that well. The whole quality of the podcast, it will get better after the 10-minute mark. I take all the blame on this, wandering around with my computer, recording a podcast out in the woods, fell into a well. Thank you, Lassie. All that being said, I'm turning it over to me in a well. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I am your host, Scott White, and uh, I am being joined again, once again, by Mr. Will Fordyce. Hello, hello. We are looking at the, the movie North, another incredible letdown. <laughs> um, I, in, in, in my opinion, I think, um, I think actually, like, it makes for a pretty good kid movie. No, I disagree. No? You disagree? This, this is just, uh, it's. For those of you who don't know, North has been promoted as one of the worst movies of all time. I mean, and it's it... got an all-star cast, and Rob Reiner is directing. It's like, there's just tons and tons of talent in this. 
I mean, maybe. Well, why I was do you just... think it would be a good kids movie? Let me, I mean, let me ask you that. Uh, there were some like, uh, I mean, maybe not a great kids movie, but it just some of the jokes and some of the, like, it was about a little kid that was dreaming of getting new parents. So I think it made a better kids movie than what I was expecting. Um, but I just, you know, it's it's kind of a, a a movie about some kid dreaming, and he's going on this giant grand adventure. So, you know, and there was elements of fantastic stuff. But um, now that you mention it, I'm thinking of some of Bruce Willis's scene uh, towards the end. So, yeah, some of it some of it isn't kid appropriate. Um, this movie should be called How to Get Abducted, because this kid gets into cars with strangers constantly throwing this through this movie. These, these grown men he just met, he's just getting into their cars, not even asking any questions. All right, Scott, maybe we should have a disclaimer at the beginning of this that says all of this is opinions and don't uh, don't uh, take this as a kid movie lightly so that nobody listens and goes, oh, yeah, it is a good kids movie. I'm going to let somebody. So, OK, do not let your kids watch this. <laughs> I'd let them watch it, but use it as like <laughs> a movie. <laughs> like, don't do what this kid. When uh, when an unshaven man in a raggedy suit gets out of a broken down car, don't get into the car with him. Well, you know, you have to tell your kids that some weird Easter bunny in the mall comes up and starts talking to you. Yeah, it's a movie about North played by Elijah, Elijah, Elijah Wood, uh, Lord of the Rings, Elijah Wood. This was one. I don't know if this is one of his first movies. Uh, It's definitely one of his earliest. It's one of his earliest. I don't know if it's his first, but it's one of his earliest. Um, Wasn't he in The Good Son? Wasn't that one of his movies? He was in The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin. I think, yeah, and I think that was before this. But uh, I've got no problem with any of the acting in this movie. It's just a a, a joyless movie. (laughs) And that's why I was waiting, because I I found some humor in it, and I found some, and and maybe it's just my simple-mindedness, but there were some parts that I thought were uh in the realm of enjoyable yeah uh yeah for the most i mean it there's a a couple of it just if once you get to the end once we get to the end it doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> no just imagine you're elijah you're elijah wood and you're 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 starring in this movie with who's who in hollywood at the time yeah and you're and it's rob reiner renowned director rob reiner and you end up being in a in a in this a, a terrible a terrible terrible movie. Well, what, oh, yeah. actually, uh, what did you think of the movie? Let me ask you that. I mean, because uh, I was looking at it as like maybe a kid flick, um, but maybe with my adult glasses on it that I I um, kind of glazed over some of the adult humor that was in it. I mean, and there's a, there wasn't a lot, but there were. I mean, from my memory, and oh, I do have to say that I watched this like before we did Yogi Bear, so maybe my memory's a little fuzzy of it. But watching it through, like, if, if like, I was a kid and watching this, I could see some of the fantasticalness of exploring the world and, and having, you know, the because the premise is um, he wants to, his parents don't appreciate him, so he's on a journey to find, like, the parents that, you know, fit his personality or that listen to him and um, maybe care more than his parents seemingly care. So in that regard, I thought, you know, the setup was fun. Um, and, and just some of the, some of the jokes were, you know, the tidbits and the scenes were fun. Like Dan Aykroyd's part, when we get to that, that was humorous. I thought, 
I thought it was him and Reba McIntyre. It was it was a fun, you know, I bet they had fun filming it. I, it looks like everybody had fun filming it. I just don't. It's just like the like North himself. It's like, well, I deserve better. Pre- you know, I, deserve, I should be appreciated. You know how great I am. And that's how it came across to me. Oh, and like whiny. And- his parents are Jason Alexander and Julia Louis-Dreyfus from Seinfeld. Jason Alexander basically is playing George from Seinfeld in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not as high strung, less, less not as high strung, but I didn't like North as as uh, as the main character. He did thought, have you know, a bit of was... like whininess to him. Like he man, did. I, don't, I don't know if this is I. And if we're getting on topics of things we disliked, I would say that that little um, like lawyer business kid he had. He he annoyed me a little bit more than North did. Yeah, he did. I hated him. What happens is North wants to be emancipated from his parents and find real parents. Well, uh, and I think, uh, well, because uh, he's he's doing all this stuff like he's really good and like isn't he like he's doing these plays? He's doing this, you know. He's he's the picturesque good, you know, good son. Um, and so, so he and his parents are always bickering and fighting. So I think that was the his character's drive was just like his parents. He's doing all the stuff and trying to um, uh, not he's not even trying to be great. He just happens to be good at what he does, uh, jack of all traits style. And when he gets home, you know, everybody dotes on him as in his world. But when he gets home, his parents are so um, surrounded by like self. You know, they're talking about work. They're so obsessed with what is going on in their life. Um, but there's no attention paid to the to the son and the family. And he's an only child. Yeah, he's an only child in this. So the slimy kid at school, he, he runs the school newspaper. Well, OK, so we got to go back. So North, I have to think these things out. And I've got to find and he goes to a special place. And his special place is a chair in the mall. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting in his chair in the mall, and Bruce Willis comes up to him dressed as, it's set around Easter, and Bruce Willis comes up to him dressed as an Easter bunny, but he looks like a homeless, he's got this full, he's got this five o'clock shadow. It's, hey kid, uh, why are you sitting all he here looks alone like a by homeless, yourself? He looks like they grabbed a homeless guy off the street and put him in a, run, in a bunny suit and said, you're the Easter rabbit. Funny and, enough, that's how Bruce Willis yeah. got discovered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But this is one of the first things this total stranger in a bunny outfit sits next to North and starts talking to him. Yeah, and he just talks back, doesn't see any danger around him. I don't, it's just the weirdest thing with this. And I know once we get to the end, you're good. But this, anyway, ugh. Um, <laughs> but Bruce Willis, like, too bad you're not a baseball player and you can be a free agent and find parents that appreciate you and then. Uh, we literally get the doodly 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 um, <laughs> kid at school who's you know, he's supposed to play you know he's playing a slime bag he convinces North to go to court and sue his parents to, to find new parents and North wants to give him one more one more chance and then he calls his dad Jason Alexander at work and Jason Alexander basically just blows him off and he's like, you know what? I need new parents. But and that that's was what happened. Of, but that was one of, that's one of the funniest scenes I thought. Cause his work is he's, he's in a pants company 
And so the they're like painting across. There's a lot of the, and maybe it's coming from Rob Reiner um, and the creativity he has, but they're painting across these different rooms of like pants scenarios. And they have like a lumberjack. Uh, they have, uh, I forget what the other one is, but then Jason Alexander is testing out like ballroom dancing pants and like it pans over and Hey, your son's on the phone. And it kind of follows that guy a little bit. And there's a Hasidic rabbi, like, um, praying, uh, to the Torah and like go, you know, testing those pants out. I thought that was visually hilarious and like a wonderful, you know, that that's kind of the fun of the movie I appreciated. Yeah. I mean, to me, the funniest person, the funny, it was, um, Alan Arkin, who played the judge, mm-hmm. which comes up. So North brings his case in front of Al. Well, okay, so we got to go back again. The slime bag kid at school prints a paper that says North wants to get rid of his parents. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Jason Alexander read this, and they they go they faint and they go comatose. Now, I will say this. This is what I will say. For a majority of this movie... Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Jason Alexander play mannequins. They they are they're in they're comatose, so they can't move. They're in a bunch of scenes where they're they're strapped to a table like Frankenstein, and they don't move. <laughs> and they were you know this was during Seinfeld, yeah. So they were pretty big stars. They were pretty big names, and to be in a movie and to do that, I I give them credit as actors for doing that. You know, it's not a very thankful part where you have to yeah. just lie there for a majority a, of the film. It was I give either them credit a slap for that. It was yeah, it was either a slap in the face or they were so busy with like other projects that they were like, How can we work them in? Oh, let's get some mannequins that look like them so that the majority of the movie they're you know, they don't have to be there and we can have some replicas. That's my only th- saving grace thought process. Alan Arkin was my favorite character as the judge. And he says that he, he he only has ten weeks, two months, whatever. He yeah. only has a certain allotted amount of time to find new parents. And if he doesn't find new parents, he can go back to his old parents. However, oh, if he misses yeah. the timeline, he has to go to an orphanage. Yeah, raising the stakes. Raising the stakes. Now, I appreciate, <laughs> even though it's incredibly stupid i appreciate the fact that they raised the stakes it, so now <laughs> he just can't he just can't meander he's on a he's on the clock he's got to he's got to take care of this and that, i wonder if that was a line they threw in like he's just kind of going we need to you know make it serious okay well he could end up an orphan and we got to go back again cuz we keep forget, i keep forgetting stuff the slimeball kid at school hires a lawyer for North, and that lawyer oh. is John Lovett. Hello, North. Arthur Bell, at your service. The lawyer? Your lawyer. Now, from now on, we are a team. You do what I tell you to do, you say what I tell you to say before you know it. You're going to have the best parents in the world. What do you say, kid? Sure you can squeeze me in? What? Oh, the, the ambulance chasing thing. <laughs> That's nothing. I just use it to beat the traffic. 
You tried some time in your bike. Now, what do you say, kid? Are we a team? Yeah, I guess so. Hey, you know so. So this I is our second Dan Aykroyd, John Lovitz movie together on this podcast. We're, we're in it. If you ever kind of like expand the Dan Aykroyd con, uh, podcast to like include Dan Aykroyd, Six Degrees to Dan Aykroyd, um, we should do some John Lovett movies. Now, this is an aside. Last time we did, we did Stepmothers and Aliens, so go back mm-hmm. and check that one out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was talking about how I ran into a bunch, uh, not a bunch, I ran into a few comics that worked with John Lovitz and said that he was a bit of a dick. Well, since then, I am friends with this club owner who had John Lovitz at his club, and he said John Lovitz could not have been more nice, more professional, a really nice guy. So, and I this, this guy is a big guy in the industry and no reason to lie to me, so I just... So now we have a we have a twist on John Lovitz. Uh, even though I've never met him, we this this guy said that John Lovitz is a really nice guy, really appreciative of working at his club. I just want to throw that in there. So. Well, uh, and then going back to the you mentioned the stepmothers and my stepmothers and alien. Um, that's really the bar I set things at. So when I say this is a good movie, I'm comparing it to the bad movie that is my stepmothers and an alien. Uh, and basically, John John Lovitz plays one character in all of his movies. He's basically the same character as he was in My he's, Stepmother is an Alien. He's just him. He's just him. And I, I appreciate him being just him. I'm sure when people hire John Lovitz, they want, we want John Lovitz, we're not hiring John Lovitz to, to not be John Lovitz. We want him Perfect. to be him. Oh, and, man. He is, and he is the best him in this movie. That makes me want to watch some of the critic, not to get off on a tangent. The but critic I is a fantastic show. Oh yeah! Now that we are, uh, we're on the John Lovett tangent. We're on a John Lovett tangent. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Just the he's critic so cool. Is a fantastic show. Probably some of his best work. Yes. But uh, anyway. Okay, so let's back to the movie. So North has. Let's just. I forget the time frame. Let's just say two months. Yeah. X. Two months to. To find his par- to find new parents or go back to his old parents, and if not, if he doesn't do this within two months, he goes to an orphanage. Oh, and but, which means that if he goes to an orphanage, his parents can adopt him immediately back. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll take him back. <laughs> yes. So even if he doesn't get back to his parents in the time frame, if he goes to an orphanage, his parents can immediately adopt him back. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. But I will say the John Lovett's intro was hilarious. Like he's because just once scummy. again he gets into the car with I, I I'm oh. your lawyer. Get into this Very... rusty old car. I'm not going to kidnap you and bury you in a shallow grave. Um... <laughs> well, he's chasing an ambulance and he's going and he like slams on the brakes in this little. I guess it was a Ford Pinto. Uh, it looked like or a little Gremlin or a hatchback. And then he, like, slams on the brakes, hits it in reverse, and, like, you know, gets... And then jumps out of his car, and he's like, you're north! And then, yeah, and you're right. He's like, do you trust me? Come on, get in my car. And it's like, that's a very good point. He's just... All of this is just a PSA for kidnapping. uh, I got some candy for you. That's the only thing missing (laughs) from that scene. (laughs) You like Butterfingers? So Uh, we go to the first... So the first family... North goes to is Ooh, the Texas Aykroyd family and Reba McIntyre. Yes, 
and they are big Texas uh, bazillionaires. They are the Texan Texanist Texans that you could ever imagine. He lands at a Texas airport. They don't say where in Texas. And Dan Aykroyd and Reba McIntyre are able to get a golf cart in the in the airport, and they drive <laughs> to pick him up. Back in the good old days when you could go straight to the gate. Oh man, I remember that. I was. I still remember when you could go right to the gate, pick somebody up right at the gate. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they take so, uh, him back to the ranch. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna yeah get us. Um, I was gonna stop doing that tangent. Um, but um, yeah, so they get back to the the huge ranch, and I forget how many acres, but they have cows. They're driving in this huge limo, like amazing Texas size oil oil money limo, and they're they're dressed. They're they have all the fringe. They are dressed up as cowboys. They both got cowboy hats. I think they Honestly, probably have spurs. They're dressed up as village people, cowboys. <laughs> Yeah. It's really, there's a lot of tassels, there's a lot of frill, there's a lot of glitter. Dan Aykroyd takes Elijah Wood on a, a horseback, they're on a horseback riding, and all of a sudden we see somebody shooting, and it's Bruce Willis. <laughs> and Elijah Wood's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I work here. He's like, didn't you used to be an Easter Bunny? <laughs> Which is a weird delusional thing to say to some, you know, random person on a ranch. Well, because he thinks he's the guy, he thinks he's the Easter Bunny. And he's like, no, kid, I, I've never been an Easter Bunny. So now it's set up that Bruce Willis is some kind of guardian angel of some sort. Might yeah. not be, might be heavenly because here he is, you know, he's met him once as an Easter Bunny. Now he's here. And even though he claims he's not the same person. He looks exactly like the other person, so Elijah Wood is a bit confused about this. And at first, he's like, "Well, okay, I guess the guy just has a double." After a guy says, "I'm not," you know, after Bruce Willis says, "I'm not the Easter Bunny," and Elijah Wood just pretty much sloughs it off as, "Well, I guess, okay, I guess the guy just looks like this other guy that I met." Maybe, maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. Then we go back to uh, the ranch, and it, it's explained to us. That why Reba McIntyre and Dan Aykroyd want a son is because they over they overfed their last son. They were trying to make their last son the biggest thing in Texas. So yep. they overfed him and he died in a stampede. Yep. So what you two cow folks got planned for tomorrow? Well, I reckon we'll wake up early and eat. And then we'll dig for oil and eat. Then we'll rope some doggies and bust a few bronks, and then maybe we'll grab a bite to eat. You like Tex-Mex? Uh, sure. I'm a huge fan of any food that straddles two borders. <laughs> That's my boy. But, uh, can I ask you what the deal is with all this eating? Oh, simple. Remember before when I told you everything I own is the biggest and the best? Well, you're already the best. Now there's nothing left but to make you the biggest. And don't you fret about not being able to clean up your plate. Why, pretty soon that stomach of yours will stretch and stretch... And your capacity for food will just grow and grow. Excuse me. You say that like that's a good thing to have happened to your stomach. It is. Why? Well, then you'll be like Buck. Who? Our first son. Biggest boy this big state's ever seen. Why, he can eat more in one day than anyone else could eat in a whole month. That's why Buck hated February. 
Where is Buck? He died in a stampede. Oh. So what they want to do is overfeed <laughs> North, Elijah Wood, and make him the biggest thing in Texas. And that's, yeah, and that's their character, like Dan Aykroyd's thing is like, I'm after the biggest and the best, and you're the best, now we just need to make you the biggest. And they're like slapping ribs on his plate, and they got corn and mashed potatoes and other cuts of meat, and then they have they pile his plate high, bigger than he is sitting in his chair, almost. Big stick-to-your-ribs kind of meal. It is. And they break out into a musical number, which I can appreciate. I mean, they, you have Reba McIntyre. Oh, yeah. 100%. Let if you don't sing. utilize that. But it, just, but it doesn't happen again. It's just really weird. We, we have this one musical number, and I know you got Reba McIntyre and Dan Aykroyd can sing, because he sings in the song as well. But that, that it's just this one weird musical number... And we don't have another musical number through the entire movie. Well, not only that, but like shiny cowboys and cowgirls start, you know, parading out of the kitchen and dining room. And they they have this, it's not only a musical number, but it's a whole sh- like, uh, you know, a number with dancing and, you know, just all of these people from, you know, I, I guess the the people that work there and the staff of the, the ranch. But they just pour out of everywhere and they have maybe... You know, 50 people there singing and dancing for North. And then they all disappear. The recurring theme in this movie is North meets a pair of parents. He has to contemplate these parents. And then he moves on to the next parents. Yeah, something's not right. And he didn't feel right trying to feel uh, fill the shoes of the old son that they were trying to replace. And every time he reflects on it, Bruce Willis shows up and gives which reinforces that he's a guardian angel yeah <laughs> he, he reinforces it's like you know you don't want to be compared to their other kid and he's like yeah i don't want to be compared to their other kid <laughs> and and that's it they he's he's like i'm sorry uh he goes i'm sorry but i i don't feel right being your kid and they're like well we're, we're sorry about that son you know, good luck to you in the future. And, well, and then when they first met, Dan Aykroyd gifted the, the Houston Astros to him. So there was the big scene of him loading up the car and he's like, well, I wouldn't feel right about keeping the Astros. So he hands him the stack of paperwork back and he's like, it's real, real good of you, son. But he wouldn't want them now because they're, my, they're probably going to the World Series again. <laughs> he could have been rich. You can be you can be rich owning a ball team even if they don't go to the World Series. Yeah, that's that's very true. They sell a lot of hot dogs. A lot of hot dogs, a lot of merchandise. <laughs> and so right before Elijah Wood leaves, Bruce Willett's like, here, and he takes a coin out of his pocket, flips it up in the air, shoots a hole in it, and hands it to him and goes, It's for good luck. So now Elijah Wood has this coin with a hole in the middle. Mm-hmm. And you and think that's going to be important? Oh, <laughs> like, you think? You think? <laughs> it's one of the what is it? Red herring or the MacGuffin? Yeah, it's, the oh, MacGuffin. the red herring where it's like the red um, MacGuffin. Uh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> and this they had before they leave this family. They have one of my favorite lines: "Is 
um, you know, North went to the airport at noon, but he, out of respect for his Texas, you know, partners, he waited till uh, eight o'clock to fly away into the sunset. And the next parent, now he goes to Hawaii mm. and the Hawaiian parents and the, the, his Hawaiian parents are the governor of Hawaii. I believe it was. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. The governor of Hawaii and his wife. And he flies into Hawaii <laughs> and, you know, the governor shows him around. And it's, and another scene I did, it was just, so, and this may just be nitpicking on my part. North asks, why, you know, he's like, why do you want me to, why do you want me to be your son? And, and the, the governor looks around and goes, everything's fertile here in Hawaii, but my wife. And that, I, and that made me laugh. I don't think it was supposed to make you laugh, but that line made oh, me laugh. I thought Maybe that was, did, I, but, I was hoping that was comedy because it made me laugh to, too. This is what bothers me. North knows that this guy's wife is barren. And he's going... And then he's like, well, why don't you sell me on being your son? <laughs> Good luck. And they're like, okay. And he takes, they take him off to all the, the hot spots of Hawaii, surfing, scuba whatever, diving. Uh, scuba diving, this and that. North seems happy. It's like, wow, great place, great parents. Yeah, why not? Why not? It's Hawaii. Yeah. It's Hawaii. I, I and I'm in line to be what I'm in line to be. Uh, I'm the governor's son, which means not only am I living in Hawaii, I'll have a certain amount of power. Yeah, that I can hold over people's heads. <laughs> oh, he's going to say everything seems to be working out because yeah, he's in Hawaii. He's having a blast. They're doing all this really great stuff. You know, when you're on vacation in Hawaii and you don't, you know. He's he's doing all that kind of fun stuff, and uh, they they have the the giant luau at the uh, at the end of his adventure, or towards the end of it, his adventure. Yes, the governor announces North has agreed to be my son, and they unveil this giant sign that says, <laughs> "Come to Hawaii," and for it's it's a replica of the Coppertone Baby ad that yeah. uh, that ad where the the, the, the dog is biting. pulling down the kid's underwear or the bathing suit. Yeah. And you see it's you see her you know, her her white butt compared to her tan body. And that's and the that's, exact yeah. same billboard they have, except it's an action billboard. So there's this dog <laughs> repeatedly pulling down see this this falls into my <laughs> pedophile <laughs> thing of the movie. It's the undertones so of the, the undertones the car, of, of predators. They want this kid so they can show his ass on this billboard to get people to come to Hawaii. And there's um, this most uncomfortable scene where Elijah Wood says, my crack, like 50 times. 50 times, yeah. <laughs> in, in a two-minute span. It's like, oh. What is that? Son, that'll be in every airport along every highway. My crack? My crack is going to be shown at every airport? Now, son. What gives you the right to show my crack in every highway? See, the truth is, Norma, 
I'm the governor of a state that's running a little low on self-esteem. After 35 years of statehood, people still don't treat Hawaii like we're part of the country. Sure, there's a star for us on the flag, but why didn't anyone show up during Hands Across America? I mean, we waited for days and not even a phone call to tell us nobody was coming. It's just plain inconsiderate. He's right. People from the mainland just don't care about Hawaii. They come here with their knobby knees and their pale kids and they eat our food and watch our whales and say aloha like they really mean it. But then seven to ten days later, they drop us like a sack of rancid poi and go home. And we're supposed to feel good about ourselves? Excuse me, but what does this have to do with my cracks? Oh, don't you see, Nora? If you lived here in Hawaii, people would be more inclined to settle here. So they can be close to my crack? North, North, you're very important to us. I don't know. I need some time to think, okay? Could, can you do me a favor, though, Scott? Um, could you, um, when you get to editing and post, could you remove that part where I said it was really good for a kid's movie? I, I, no, you know what? I'm going to keep I'm going to keep inserting that into the into the... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, I and in, in, in my opinion, I think um, I think actually like it makes for a pretty good kid movie. Now he runs into Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis plays a beach bum. And Bruce Willis is like, you know, your parents should love you for you and not what you can give them. He's like, yeah! You're right, guy that looks exactly like the people that I saw here and here. This is the third time he's met Bruce Willis. And this time it doesn't phase him. Nope. That he totally drops the aren't you the guy who was the guy but not the guy but the guy he totally <laughs> drops that on the third cuz to me it would be i'd be more weirded out the third time than the second time it's like the yeah. second time okay maybe the guy has a double what not the third time you meet a guy that looks exactly like two other guys now i'd sort of be freaking out but now it doesn't bother him at all Maybe this movie's set up as a horror with Bruce Willis, like, tracking this kid down. So now we go from one one end of the spectrum to the other. Because we go from Hawaii to Alaska. <laughs> and I had another one of my favorite lines when they were coming in. And they were like, we're landing in Juneau and we'll be skidding to a stop in Anchorage. The best lines in this movie are... Are off-screen voiceovers. Voiceovers, yeah. That's a very good point. <laughs> and I'm wondering if they put those in after they, they just looked at this movie and go, well, we gotta get some laughs. Uh, we Let's just get... get some voiceovers. There's a couple of courtroom lines but uh, that are in the in the movie, but you're right. A lot of them are just like voiceover, like added, uh, added afterwards. We're in Alaska now. Ooh, with uh, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates and Graham Greene. I'm not familiar with Graham Greene, if you can enlighten me. To me, I know him from, he was one of the convicts that got executed in uh, The Green Mile, the Tom Hanks movie. Oh, okay. He was also, okay, a connection. He also played a cop in Die Hard 3, which starred Bruce Willis. Die Hard with a Vengeance. So we have two Die Hard 3 stars in this movie. Very nice. He's just just a, a very good character actor. And I'll admit, I it took me a moment to recognize Kathy Bates. I didn't oh, recognize yeah. her right away. 
I, I've seen that guy before, but I just don't remember where, like, exactly he's where. He's been in a I, ton of stuff. He's he's very good. He, he's very good in the stuff that he does. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, and I will say they had another because they're sitting down around the family, um, like living room area, and they're like, "Well, you know, what, you know, what are y'all gonna do today?" And he looks over smiling at North, and he's like, "I'm gonna take my boy fishing." And then he walks over like five feet to pick up fishing poles and kicks a hole in the floor because um, they're in a igloo. And then they just start fishing right there in the living room. And North asks point blank. Yeah. <laughs> What's in it for you? And their parents go, nothing. We just want to be the best parents we can be to you. And North <laughs> is like, okay, cool, great. Fantastic. No and then all of a sudden, the dad, Graham Greene, goes, Oh, I just forgot. We got to go to the something something. I forget what it's called, but we got to do the something something. And he goes, Yeah, the something something. They were setting goes, Grandpa off on the flow. Right. The, the Grandpa, played by Abe Vigoda. Uh, uh, <laughs> so the Eskimos have the Eskimos have a tradition. When you meet a certain age, when you reach a certain age... They set you adrift on an ice floe so you can die with dignity. So they say. So they say. <laughs> and they're taking, and they're like, Grandpa wants to go, doesn't he? And Ava Goda's like, yeah, yeah. sure, whatever. <laughs> and so the ride, so they, you know, they do the dog sled to the place where they're, they have to, you know, send the grandparents off. And it's, and once you get there, it's set up like a deli, take a number. All right. Yeah. And and the guy, the did you recognize the guy who was sending the the grandparents the, off? The guy from Law and Order. Richard Belzer. Yes. Yeah. And he's, he does some comedy stuff sometimes. I mean, he's most known for that, but he has no, some good comedic No, he was co- a stand-up. He roles. started as a stand-up. Oh, okay. I need to oh, go Oh, yeah. He's been in the business for years. He started as a stand-up. And that and that was his that was his stand up persona. What he was doing, he's like, "All right, buddy, hey, let's move it. Come on, Grandpa, let's move it along. All right." Next, bye, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, goodbye. okay, okay. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Come on, let's go. Let's go. I only got four months of sunlight here. Move it. Next, come on, let's go. Come on, come on. Should have done this before. I got a civilization around here. Can you move it along, please? Thank you. Next. Let's go. Don't act like you don't know what's going on here. Come on, let's go. Come on, please. Well, goodbye, no. Are you sure you have to go? Oh, don't worry about him, North. He's had a great life, and he's happy to set sail before he starts embarrassing himself. Yeah, take it from us, North. When Drool hardens, it's not a pretty sight. But, 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 but come on, let's go, pal. This is no surprise to you, is it? You know where you're going. Take a walk. Come on, let's go. Move it along. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, bye, bye, bye. Fine, thank you. Bye, Dad. Bye, Dad. Bye. And North is like, do we really have to send him away? It's like, yeah, we got to send him away. And that's the, why he doesn't stay. He doesn't like this tradition of, because he bonded with, on the ride to sending Grandpa off on an ice floe, he bonded with the <laughs> grandfather. They jammed and, that in. <laughs> and going back to the igloo, once again, Bruce Willis is there. Bruce Willis is driving the sled. And at this point, North is just like, Okay, I guess this is just a thing. This is just a thing now. Um, and, and I will say this is clever. Because in the, the big joke in Alaska is what, one day lasts six months or whatever. Yeah. And 
And Bruce Willis goes, you know, you only got a week left. And he goes, a week left? And he goes, yeah. Uh, when you got to, you know, that, when you remember when you walked to the front door, that took seven weeks here in Alaska. Well, it's, that was a kind no of wonder, funny joke. What was the, the, no wonder we stopped for lunch 49 times? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he's not and, happy with the Alaskans. He tells Bruce they, Willis, take me to the airport. Yep, and, and they really pick up the pace now, that, especially since they raise the stakes a little bit more. And now, what we're forgetting is, while all this is happening, the oh, slimy yeah. kid back home and John Lovitz are turning all the kids against their parents. Uh, it, it's sort of a... And I, I hate to make this comparison... But it's sort of like Hitler rallying uh, back in Nazi Germany. That's what this kid is doing to the other kids. It's like, North can, you know, North emancipated himself. If you don't like what your parents are doing, you can emancipate yourself. You get your parents to do what you want. And the kid is making it so. Now, it's all the children are in charge. Because the parents are kowtowing to him now. Because if they make them mad... They'll leave them for they'll leave them for other for other parents. Yep. So it's and very he, turn, he turns very into important. a weird Lex Luthor. He's a weird Lex Luthor. That's a you know what that's a good way of putting it. He's a child Lex Luthor. And while all and John Lovitz is like playing the sniveling sidekick to this maniacal kid, and this maniacal kid is going to make John Lovitz president because, <laughs> which is we'll get to something later. But John yeah, Lovitz, how... you know, he's playing the slime ball. Now, and there's a scene where John Lovitz and this John, the kid and John Lovitz are getting massages. So this grown uh... lady in this kid's movie, according to Will. Um, I and in my opinion, I think um, I think actually like it makes for a pretty good kid movie. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> according to Will, this this. Perfectly fine kids movie. This grown woman is rubbing all over this child. It's giving him a massage. And he's like, doll face, get my lower back. That's where all my stress is. So just remember, Will thinks this this kids movie, it's it's okay for a grown woman to just rub her hands all over an eight-year-old. With the technology today, Scott, you could edit my voice to say anything you want. So I don't know what you're talking about. Plausible deniability. I I wanted to point that scene out because (laughs) while they're getting their massage, a woman walks in with drinks for for John Lovitz and the kid. And that woman was Phil Hartman's wife, the one that killed him and killed herself. Really? Really, Yes, that was Uh, her. Oh, man. Um, so we want to bring everybody down in this podcast, which we've just done. <laughs> uh, perfect. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> so uh, the thing they... is with the kid is they have to make sure that North doesn't get back with his parents. Because if he gets back with his parents, the that will spoil fails. everything for them. They will lose all their power. Yep. If North doesn't find if North doesn't find new parents and he goes back to their old parents because they're getting worried because they keep getting messages that North keeps turning down his parents all these new parents he keeps turning them down and if if he doesn't find if he if he goes back to his old parents 
then all the kids will just go back to their old parents and and they'll lose status, all their power. Status quo will be reestablished. Reestablished, yes. And then is this the brief scene with the Amish after that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a scene They have like a puddle jumper plane. He takes a puddle jumper plane and it's actually uh the t- it's uh the two leads. Oh, okay. And this is another thing. The two leads from uh Witness uh, Kelly McGillis and I can't think of the the guy, but the tall guy with the long blonde hair, he was in Die Hard 2 with Bruce Willis. So now we have two Die Hard movies, Bruce Willis uh, uh, connections in this movie. Man, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Bad movie. Bad movie, Bad movie. good connections. Not, not good for kids. Don't show this to your kids as will said before great for kids <laughs> show them no. show the kids this movie and north this takes off and this shows how shallow north is oh it's yeah because like, they he doesn't even talk to the family he doesn't, he doesn't even, even talk to them. yeah he they just introduce they're like oh hey this is me this is my wife that and he they're doing it in an amish I guess dialect for like a, a better word. This is my son. This would be your sister. This would be your brother. Um, you know, we welcome you. And the Amish community standing out there as North is, he lowers the ladder and then he's like, ah, <laughs> I forgot my butter turner. Uh, I'll, I'll go get it. And then he, yeah, just to, like you said, he's very shallow and just like book it. Let's go. And then the next, and this, he's only got a week left. And now he's in Africa. Well, we get we get short little vignettes of he goes to the Amish, and then he goes to Paris, mm-hmm. and he's with his parent, his Paris parents, or his you know his French parents, France. And they do the they're watching television, and they do the old Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis is a Jerry Lewis is a genius in France, so he's watching television. And Jerry Lewis is on every channel. Yeah. Is that some stereotype? Because I've seen that also in um, Home Alone, that's, and I've seen it in a couple old, of other things. That's an old, old joke. Where, okay. And it, it's true that the the French the French love Jerry Lewis, so that's just an old recurring joke. So it's a tired, okay. it's a tired joke in this movie. Gotcha. And then he goes to Africa and meets his mom who's not wearing a top and he's just staring at her breasts the entire scene. Not a good kids movie. And this is the kids movie that will thinks that all your kids should enjoy. <laughs> um, I, and, and, in my opinion, I think, um, I think actually like it makes for a pretty good kid movie. Uh, an eight year old, so an eight year old boy just staring <laughs> at a 30 year old woman's breasts. <clears throat> While she hugs um, him. So she hugs him, so she presses him up against her bare breasts. <laughs> oh, boy. And <laughs> we go back to the States. We go back to he, New York. I think, didn't he stop in, he stopped in China? He was being he worshipped as China. a You're right. He a dynasty. In, and these are all, and this is all very, the, you know, the, the stop in France, the stop in Africa, the stop in China, it's all very, it's Just, stereotypical jokes. Stereotype yeah. jokes. The, 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 the French love Jerry Lewis. Uh, in Africa, people have what, you know, they're, they, they run around naked all the time. In China, he's, give him the emperor haircut. So they do the old, 
that the haircut bit. Everybody in China looks like Mo from the Three Stooges. <laughs> they do a they do a haircut. So it's all it's three stereotypical jokes, three tired recycled stereotypical jokes. Right. That's true. Wham bam. Let's go back to back back to the states because we gotta back to the we states. raise the stakes. There were yeah they've raised the stakes and they're back in the states. And honestly, if he only he only had a week left, and if we're looking at this, there's no way he could have gone from France to Africa to China back to the states in a week. Getting all you know, you know dressed, you know, going through all that stuff. Yeah. Suspension of disbelief, my. Ass. Well, it's all going to be once we get to the end. It, it'll all become clear, and you're going to be angry. Um. <laughs> so we get back to the states. And he goes to this house, and it's it's a takeoff of Leave It to Beaver. This family, and the family is headed by, and I will say this warmed my heart. Oh, yeah. John Ritter. Uh, John Ritter and Faith Ford. But to see John Ritter again, and John Ritter just playing, from everything I've heard, John uh, John Ritter in this movie just plays this nice, Ward Cleaver warm, character. Warm-hearted, warm, very welcoming Nothing, there are no, I, I was just hoping, this is the first time I saw the movie, and, mm-hmm. I, and I was just hoping there was not like Yeah, some skeletons motive. in the closet. Skeleton in the closets. That's an excellent way of putting it, Will. Thank you. And he just plays this warm, caring human being. And from everything I've heard, that's just how John Ritter was in real life. So it warmed my heart to see John Ritter again. Very much so. This is what I meant by this is a good kids movie. Like this one vignette. If you yes, if you show your kids this one little scene with John Ritter, this would be a good kids movie. Because we're gonna we're gonna address some more, more stuff that Will thinks is great for this kids movie. Um, it's a perfect life, but he now during all this time, North's parents have been comatose and they come out of their coma and they want North back and once again this is going to ruin the maniacal Lex Luthor kids plan so he sits them down and he videotapes them asking North to come home and then he edits the videotape to make it sound like they don't want North well, they, they ask him about another kid, like, why don't you just adopt this kid? And his name was Hugh, and that was the um, that was what they cut in between. So they, like, re-spliced the video to, like, make it look like his parents were like, I'm fine. We're fine without North. Let him go. Right. And that tape is delivered to John Ritter's house, and North watches it, and he thinks... Well, my parents don't want me. Sorry to bother you at this late hour, but I got something important here for a kid named North. What is it? Apparently, it's an urgent message from his original parents. I'll see that he gets it. Thank you. North? Honey? Yeah? Can you come down here for a minute? Coming! What is it? North, a man just came by and left this tape for you. Says it's a message from your parents. From my parents? Do you mind if I... Of course not. 
Would you like to be alone, North? No, that's okay. After all you two have been through, what would you most like to say to your son? We don't want you. How can you say that? He's your son. He's not our son. Aren't you bothered by the prospect of never seeing your son again? Nah, that's okay. Isn't this a gut-wrenching, torturous, emotional experience? Not for me. He's not our son. We don't want you. North, honey, are you okay? Is there anything we can do for you? Yeah. Let me be your son. He's like, will you adopt me? And John Ritter's like, yes, or whatever it is. Yeah. But then later he doesn't, but then later he's like, there's something not right. I gotta think. And he leaves the family. He leaves the perfect family. Yeah, I was I was a little disappointed because it was it was picturesque. It was picturesque. But he wasn't feeling it, and he leaves. And he's heading home. So the Lex Luthor kid. It's like, oh, North is heading home. We have to stop him. What am I going to do? I'm going to hire a grown man to kill him. Family picture. Family picture. (laughs) So the next scene is this grown man running through, I don't know. Some city. I don't know where Uh, it's at. it's, I think it's New York anyway. Or like Boston or something. Somewhere it They're is running like through this, So this grown man is shooting a gun at North while he's running through the park. <laughs> this kid's movie that Will thinks is perfectly fine for children. Um, I, and in and, and my opinion, I think, um, I think actually like it makes for a pretty good kid movie. Yeah. Exercise is good for you. Exercise is good. He's running. Kids these days don't run as much. So he runs under this bridge and another kid finds him and this other kid gives him the unedited tape. He goes, you need his... to watch this. This is the this is the tape that they didn't want you to see. And it fills his heart. Well, oh, hold on. That... He, he doesn't watch it yet. He has to. Oh, yeah. Because uh, the big guy starts running after him and shooting him again. And he North jumps into the back of a of a truck and the guy shoots and then we see this we see North's ball cap sitting on the ground and it's covered in a red substance. Bum, bum, and the bum. guy thinks it's blood and he's like, Well that's it for North. Guy reports back to Lex Luthor kid that he shot he shot North in the head <laughs> in this kid's movie. This Perfectly I really think it brings the family show. together. Uh, so just you know like old yeller at the end of that family picture the dog got shot at the end of this picture north got shot makes sense to me well anyway he didn't get shot the guy Ooh. shot the he, north jumped in the back of a delivery truck and they were carrying borscht and <laughs> it was like sh- a kitchen he shot a, or something he, yeah he shot a canister of borscht and that's what's got on his hat and honestly and this is brought up later if you picked up that hat, you would have immediately smelled that it wasn't blood. Oh, yeah. And and that'll come up later in the movie. But, the, but this guy is supposed to be a big dumb guy, and he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I shot him in the head. He's a bumbling 
uh, he's you know, a bumbler. Yeah, he's a bumbling. He's a bumbling sidekick. Nincompoop. So North, the delivery truck goes to this hotel, and North stumbles into the showroom, and there's Bruce Willis on stage as a comedian doing bad jokes. He's intentionally doing bad jokes, but getting big laughs. Which reminds me of this man that walked into a bar. He sits down next to a very beautiful young lady. Before you know it, the conversation turns to sex. He says to her, my darling, do you smoke after you make love? She says, I don't know. I never looked. But I'll tell you one thing. My smoke alarm never went off. <laughs> Good night, folks. You've been great. Thank you. Oh, it was, it was some weird, like, this billboard in the back was a NASA convention, and they had, I mean, I didn't get that. I didn't get it either. I, I didn't see that, so I didn't know. Oh, okay. but he was doing He was doing bad jokes, and he's like, thank like, you, good night. And lounge lizard type jokes. Lounge, yeah, very loungy, yeah. You know, very, uh, like, Bill Murray from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, hey, hey, yeah. Hey, hey, good, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> So he goes backstage, and North knocks on the door, and he opens it. He goes, hey, are you the kid with the videotape? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, I want to check out my new VCR. And they put the tape in, and they watch it, and North sees the unedited version, and it's like, I got to get back to my parents. Now. They love me. While he is watching this tape, Bruce Willis is undressing. So this child is in a room with a man that he just met and this man strips down to his underwear with a child in the room in this kids movie um i and and in my opinion i think um i think actually like it makes for a pretty good kid movie it's um yeah i can't pull myself out of that one that's just pure (laughs) (laughs) anything i say at this point is just detrimental so Elijah Wood North's like, I got to get to my parents. And Bruce Willis is like, well, how are you going to get there? You got a I'll car? No. Well, take mine. That's right. <laughs> I was just standing in front of you in my underwear. Get into my car, young man. I will definitely take you to the airport and not a rusty old shack in the woods. Family movies. <laughs> <laughs> Reports get back to the Lex Luthor kid that North is still alive. And he chews out his henchman. So okay, so he chews out his henchman, and North North runs into Bruce Willis again as a UPS driver, or FedEx driver. Yeah. Evidently, FedEx sponsored this movie somehow because they're using the FedEx logo and the FedEx slogan. Um, and I think they said FedEx more than they did crack earlier in the movie. North gets himself delivered to his house. And he walks in, and the Lex Luthor kid is in this. Now, through this whole this whole movie, there is I don't there's no profanity. But then out of nowhere, North is like, Look, you little asshole, tell me where my parents are. <laughs> and this is what confused me. All he so North only has like 
an hour. Yeah. And if he's not if he's not in his parents' arms in an hour, <laughs> he goes to an orphanage. So the Lex Luthor kid told North that his parents are at his special place and he better get there. Why would North believe this kid? And oh, yeah. why would this kid do that? <laughs> All he has to do is keep them apart. He could tell North anything. Oh, yeah, they'll be home in just a little bit. Yes! But they are actually at his special place, and the Lex Luthor kid tells North to go. So North, this is the climax of the movie, will North make it there in time? And his parents are at his special place, and the judge is there too. And the judge has his clock... And he also had a, a another funny line from Alan Arkin. He goes, he only has six minutes left. And he turns the clock around. He goes, that's my clock. I brought it from home. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, Alan Arkin had all the best lines in this movie. Uh, yeah, very much. So. Like, the, the, And that's what I mean is when, when I say there's some like funny parts in it is, is this kind of the little quips and stuff back and forth. The broad humor doesn't work. The subtle humor works in this movie. Yeah, very much so. We we see North race to get to his parents. He shows up and he's got like 30 seconds to get into their arms. And it's slow motion and he's jumping. And then the goon is there and shoots him. Boom. And North wakes up. He, this was all a fucking dream. Yeah, no, that... It was all... It, this was a big fuck you to the audience. All this I mean, never happened. Fuck you too. <laughs> and, oh, also, yeah, he's he's sleeping in the mall. They're in the mall, and that's how, why the Easter Bunny was there. But he's in some department store. Nobody woke him up. Nobody moved him. Nobody tossed him. Nobody turned him to like, hey, kid, get the get out of here. And he just he was sleeping there, and the whole mall's closed down. Except for Bruce Willis as yeah. the Easter Bunny. And he's like, come on, kid, get in my car. I'll take you home. <laughs> Once again, uh, getting into a stranger's car in a who has a bunny outfit in this kids movie, perfectly fine for kids. <laughs> um, I and and in my opinion, I think um, I think actually, like it makes for a pretty good kid movie. I believe in magic. Oh, <laughs> well, now he's so he's driving, and here's another thing. So this whole thing was a dream. Let me ask you, Will, how many of your dreams have a subplot? How many of my dreams have a subplot? Like, none. None of them. None. No. Yeah, (laughs) he had a dream that had a subplot in it. (laughs) A maniacal subplot. A maniacal subplot. One of his friends betraying him. Now he's driving home, and he pulls... And this is confusing. Well, it's confusing in a couple of reasons. At the beginning of the movie... Bruce Willis does a voiceover, but this happens before the dream. Yeah. So that's confusing. I, I guess that's con- to throw you off. 
because yeah. Bruce Willis does a voiceover through the whole film, but the voiceover starts before his dream, before he even met Bruce Willis. So that means that Bruce Willis was spying on this kid <laughs> and knew knew his schedule, knew where he went to school, knew his favorite place. Uh, even before that, like you're saying, like he was in a play with um, doing Fiddler on the Roof. He was doing baseball games. So maybe this is a stalker film. This child, this film, perfectly fine for your kids. <laughs> Quoted Will Fordyce. Will Fordyce. That's good. That should that would have been a pull quote. Perfectly fine for your kids. Will Fordyce. And they pull out. And but while he's being driven home, uh, he pulls out the coin that has a hole in it. What's that, kid? Oh, it's for good luck. Yeah. That was the that was the lines between the two of them. Yeah, that was the line between. And so he's not freaked out that. He has an object from his dream. <laughs> Maybe it's like that Freddy Krueger. That was given to him by the stranger who's hopefully taking him home. <laughs> who was a ranch hand at one point and a beach bum. Who was bum. a ranch hand, and, uh, who was a beach bum, who was a, a sled driver, who was a comedian. Well, and he goes through it. It's sort of like... Um, Wizard of Oz, and you were in it, except instead of all people, it was like, and you were in it, and you were this guy, and this guy. guy. (laughs) Hey, stranger, I just met a few moments ago. You were in my dreams. I dreamt about you. (laughs) I mean, I got a bunny costume in the back, but... Yes, I'm I'm a closeted furry, furby, furry, whatever it is. And he drops him off at home, and the parents are glad to see him, and... That's the end of the movie. And that was North. Still better than my stepmother's an alien. I, I don't I don't know about I, I don't know if I can say that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Go let's watch these back to back. We're not watching these back. ever again. <laughs> Thank God. Um this actually North is on YouTube. It's it's broken up into in- increments, but if you want to watch North, it's on YouTube for free. I'd um, sit the family around, pop some popcorn, and watch yeah. this as a family movie. As a ca- watch, watch it as a cautionary tale against being abducted. <laughs> when you're, if you're in a room with a stranger and he takes off his pants, don't accept a ride from him. Leave. <laughs> uh, and also, if you shoot somebody in the head, make sure they're actually dead and not just yeah. leave. Um, I, the, it I, was like, oh, so what? I, really? Uh, so, what did you really think of the movie, Will? And in all sincerity, I think there were some comedic points in it, and and it was more cohesive than my stepmother is an alien, um, and the fact that like they they kind of set it up in a dream. Um, but so, um, uh, what I was saying is, I think it was there were elements of humor that I appreciated, and maybe with my cynical glasses. Uh, like not seeing that, you know, this child was in danger for the majority of the film. Minus that fact, I think it was decent. Because they had the some kid, funny jokes. The kid dreamed of all this, too. So I get, when you look back and it's like, well, he never was in any danger because it was a dream. But eh. that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, go with that. Yeah. In your family movie. <laughs> uh, this movie was, it, you're right, it had some, I mean, it's not worth watching again. And no. No, no, no. 
And it's what? I, like I said, I don't have. I had no problem. All the performances were good. All the actors were good. It's just that it was just put together so poorly. And yeah, and the the critics didn't like it. And I, I think it's not great on Rotten Tomatoes. Like no. when we were talking about Yogi Bear, we said it's a it's a good film if it's on. You know, you might have it on in the background. But this film, I. I, I agree with you. It wouldn't be a rewatch or something like that. But, I mean, I'd watch it once. It was like Lord of the Rings, but without rings. Yes, but plenty of old lords. Uh, wait, no, they had a ring. They had a ring. The 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 guy gave him a, a coin, a metal object with a hole in it that if he had a finger small enough, it could be a ring. This was just Lord of the Rings before its time. Yeah, that's, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> what did you think overall what are your i mean you mentioned it at the beginning but what are your final thoughts it's just not it was it, it was just a waste of time in my it, it had you know minor it had minor comedic moments in it but i didn't like elijah wood as the main character I was never on his side. He does seem like a whiny brat to me. And you've okay. got to like your you've got to like your protagonist in a movie like this. And That's I just true. didn't like the protagonist. All and I will give the and the the movie credit is none of the families were assholes. Um, maybe the Hawaiian family to a bit, but all the people who wanted to adopt North were were good people. And it's just like he was just a whiny little brat that wanted it to be perfect. I just want everything <laughs> perfect. And I can't accept these things unless it's perfect because I'm perfect. So that's what I – so, yes, I didn't like the protagonist. I didn't like North. I'm not blaming Elijah Wood. Uh, he was a, he's a great actor. He, he, play, he probably played the part the way he was told to be played the part. But that's, that's my final thoughts on the movie. And what do you think? Like Dan Aykroyd was probably my favorite part in this. Dan movie. Dan Aykroyd was my favorite. Dan Aykroyd and Reba McIntyre were my favorite. Were my favorite couple. And like I said, uh, seeing John Ritter, I I enjoyed seeing John Ritter. That so maybe that, maybe that go nice. watch clips online what, you and know, get yes, just there, those clips. Watch clips. Watch clips of uh, the Dan Aykroyd clips and the John Ritter clips. But as a whole, it's just it, it just wasn't very cohesive. Yeah. <laughs> a big meh from the Dan Aykroyd a podcast. A big meh from this kid <laughs> film that every parent should let their child watch. Just yeah, hundred percent. Will Fordyce. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, and uh, so, Will, where can we find you? Uh, if anybody wants to get talk, if anyone wants to get in touch with you on social media, where can we find you? Uh, I have a TikTok, Bad Bald Boss. If you're into that kind of thing or an Instagram gnome on the go with a period in between. And then my email address, www.will.com at gmail.com. All right. I'll put all that in the description of the show. And awesome. Man. Thanks was, for having uh, me. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. I enjoy, I always enjoy doing the shows with you. Going to have okay, you on gotta, the future. Definitely. Yeah. We'll have to find another horrible movie. <laughs> I'm sure there's tons out there. So. Yeah. <laughs> But this has been another episode of the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. Once again, I'd like to thank my guest, Will Fordyce. I am Scott White. We'll see you here next time. Bye. That's it. 
To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. Ready, Paul? Ready, Ma. We had a son who was trampled by a ton of longhorns. But you're here cute to fill his boots as flat as they may be. You'll yell your P.I.O. at the rodeo till the day's done. Then you'll make a lot of pals with buffalo gals. Just leave some for me. Hey there! We'll barbecue steaks and soup. Feed you pumpkin pie. Till your can's bigger than the big old Texan sky. More on a chain of stores, Mary Betty Lou. Oh, oh North, 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 North. Another rib, son? Cross the streams. This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast. Hey, Will, what about those multiple scenes where North gets into cars with total strangers? Um, I, in, in, in my opinion, I think, um, I think actually, like, it makes for a pretty good kid movie. Hey, Will, what about that scene where a grown woman is rubbing on a 10-year-old boy? Um, I, in, in, in my opinion, I think, um, I think actually, like, it makes for a pretty good kid movie. Hey, Will, what about that scene where a grown man tries to shoot a child in the head? Um, I, in, in, in my opinion, I think, um, I think actually, like, it makes for a pretty good kid movie. Hey, Will! What about that scene where a stranger undresses in front of a 10-year-old boy? Um, I, in, in, in my opinion, I think, um, I think actually, like, it makes for a pretty good kid movie.